0: Messiah would come and shed his blood and call each of us by name to say, I have redeemed you. Mm -hmm. You know, that he would look at me, Jahan, Mm -hmm. you know, raised in the occult, raised in Islam, totally lost, abused, confused, depressed. And he says, I know you by name. Mm. I formed you. You are mine. You know, And he says, so when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze for I am the Lord, your God.
1: Hello and welcome to the Meet Me and Isaiah podcast. My name is Marnie Clark and I am so glad you joined us for today's episode. We are talking with Jahan Burns, who is the COO of JH Israel. She has had a fascinating life, including growing up in war-torn Uganda and finding Jesus by reading God's word for the very first time. Her story is just living proof of the transformational power of God's Word. So here we go. Hey Jahan. Hey Marnie, I'm so excited about this. I truly am. I'm just so just honored to be here with you and just to have our audience hear from you, your passion, You're passionate about God's Word, and your story is amazing, and we're going to put in the show notes other ways to listen to more of it, but I just, I'm excited about what what God will put on your heart to share. Thank you. It's such an
0: honor to be here and to really testify to what God has done. Yes. You know, I think the book of Revelation says that, you know, we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the power of our testimony. Yes. That everyone has a great testimony that, you know, Christ has given them and they
1: overcome the enemy. Yes. They're all very different. And yours is very powerful. I'm sure you've had people say, are they going to make a movie? Like, are you going to write a book? Do you have a book? (laughs) So I'm writing a book. Oh, you are? Very slow,
0: but, you know,
1: I hope I'll get there. (sighs) Well, you have you have one sold because I can't wait to read it. Thank you. Well, before we got started, we were just talking about how powerful God's word is. Mm-hmm. And um, you have a really beautiful message um, just, I feel like, for our audience that we can all relate to. And so I'd love for you to just take it away. I might jump in because I'm so curious. Sometimes I might say, wait, what? What? <laughs> What is it, what, tell me more about this But um, but I really would just love for you to just have the microphone And just, just take it away and, and share with our audience Sure So um,
0: just a little bit of background About myself I was born in Uganda My dad uh, was in the military Trained in various countries And eventually ended up In Israel training as a commando Came back to Uganda Rose through the ranks In the army and uh, um, helped overthrow a dictator in Uganda in 1979. Actually, they made a movie about him um, called The Last King of Scotland, believe it or not, <gasps> that won an Oscar. So that's... that's okay, I'm going to write this down. That's the dictator that my father overthrew called Idi Amin. Helped overthrow. It was a, a team effort. Yes. Um, but anyway, right after his ouster in 1979, I, I was born... In that year, but our country was thrown into civil war. We'd been a British colony that um, just really brought together a number of different tribes that spoke different languages and they formed this country. And so you had very uh, diverse people groups. Mm-hmm. And so it was very hard for them to be unified. And so it showed up even after independence, you know, in the form of civil war, because people had different um perspectives and opinions and uh, interests. Mm -hmm. So 1979, Idi Amin is overthrown. My country is thrown into civil war for years. And so my earliest memories are really memories of war. And uh, by the time I was five, you know, is when I saw my first corpse. Mm. And uh, life was difficult. My dad ended up leaving home, you know, due to guerrilla warfare. And um, eventually when he came back, after, they had, after we had a unity government that tried to patch things up together and bring the fighting factions together. Um, I had a few months of living with my dad, and it was, it was the best because I'd never been with my family together. Mm-hmm. And I was baptized in church, but that was the only um, exposure I had. My mom was Muslim. My dad was Anglican, but not really a practicing Christian. So he was eventually assassinated when the unity government fell apart and it was traumatic mm-hmm. the way it happened. Um, you know, we, he picked me up from school late one day and dropped me home and there was so much fighting. He gets a call to get to the hotel where um, they had the peace talks and it was really a setup. He had about 40 to 50 soldiers with him and they beheaded them and then they Mm. drove him to a lonely road and shot him multiple times Mm. and uh, then tipped off the media and that's how we first heard about it on the news. Mm. So it took us about two weeks to find him and uh, and of course by this time you know that the body is just decomposing and it was was traumatic because uh, you know I remember that they brought us a corpse before you Mm. know that we had to identify and it wasn't him And so for a child, it's so hard to process. And how old were you? I was six and a half at this point. Uh, Wow. And so when eventually they brought him, you know, and, you know, my mom and my other relatives really identified him. He did not look like any, anything I knew, anyone I knew. And I I went into a state of denial and I thought, that's not my dad. You know, my dad didn't smell, look bad like this person, you know, Mm -hmm. this, this corpse. But um, we kind of went through the morning period, the funeral, military funeral, twenty-one gun salute, and all that. Thousands of people showed up. But I went into a state of shock. I mean, what I remember was feeling like someone had placed a millstone, you know, inside my
2: chest—a
0: mm. a, a heaviness that never went away, you know, for years. Wow. But I remember that, you know, in the midst of all that the only thing that remotely even reached out to me was a hymn that was sung and i'd never really been to church except that time for baptism and mm-hmm. so i didn't understand what it meant but the words became etched on my mind in my memory and the words said i am so glad i'm so glad jesus loved me mm-hmm. and he died for me he died to save me and i Every time through life, when I went through very great difficulties, that song would come back to me. Wow. But I didn't know what it meant because after my dad was assassinated and we lost everything and we became homeless and destitute. Um, my mom later converted us to Islam, you know, when I was around 10 years old. And so here I was a practicing Muslim, but every time I had something majorly traumatic, you know all kinds of abuse that I went through, the song would come back to me, but I mm-hmm. didn't know what it meant so eventually, anyway, i um end up in a British boarding missionary school run by um it was founded by British missionaries and uh there people begin to fus tell me about jesus now you un- you need to understand that. Um, during the struggle to survive after my dad passed my mom was so depressed in africa where there's so little in uganda mm-hmm. and people are just trying to scratch out an existence the whole concept of therapy or it doesn't exist at right. least not then maybe yeah. now it's 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 starting to 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 be a thing but then it wasn't So, very, very, it was a very crippling thing for her. I could not keep a job, you know. And so, it was hard. What? Poor, very, very poor. But yet, she really firmly believed in education. But in one of those times, you know, a friend of hers says, hey, I want to introduce you to a a spiritist, a medium, a Mm. person that contacts the dead, you know. And they will help connect you to the spirit of your dead husband who will help you figure things out. And so I want to take a moment right here to talk to our audience because this has come to America. You know, the occult Mm. has come to America. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it grow in the last 15 years. Mm. You know, it went from just, oh, it's harmless, it's just magic to now we have the Church of Satan, you know, and Mm. satanic clubs in schools. You need to understand that what this does is to introduce children to introduce people to the kingdom of darkness yeah the bible clearly says that there are two kingdoms you know in, yeah. in isaiah this is made me in isaiah jesus you know one of the things uh, that isaiah prophesized and mm-hmm. was the spirit of the lord is upon me mm-hmm. you know to announce the good news to bring freedom to the captives. What is he talking about? He's talking about darkness Mm -hmm. and the arrival of a Messiah that would bring light and bring freedom, Mm -hmm. right? And so Jesus, when he first appears on the scene, you know, and he enters that synagogue, um, I think that chapter is in Luke chapter 4, he Mm -hmm. makes that announcement and he sits down, you know, in, in, in a chair that was meant to be Messiah's chair and he's making that proclamation that that prophecy has come to pass, you know, before your very eyes. Mm. But but it's real, darkness is real, and it, it took the coming of the Son of God to set people free. And so even in our day and age where we are seeing, you know, entertainment open people up to the kingdom of darkness in the guise of just, oh, it's fun, oh, it's, it's entertaining, you know. Mm. It, it is destructive and it will destroy. Our children. It will, if we let it, you know, it will destroy us if we let it. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to throw that out there as I continue the story. Thank you. And so as you know, I, when my mom took that invitation on, it introduced us to the occult, to the kingdom of darkness, to satanic powers, to demonic oppression, and uh, it totally wrecked my life. Mm-hmm. So by that time I was in this missionary boarding school, I was a wreck, you know, and I was filled with hatred. I was filled with anger. I had a ton of trauma. Yes, I'm, I'm saying some of that came from the occult. Some of that came from all the things that i had been through, you know, from yeah. my father's assassination. But people begin to share the gospel with me and they begin to tell me about Jesus and I didn't want to hear it. I was hateful. I was angry. I, you know, I was very combative, mm-hmm. and I almost, you know, killed one of those girls. But they were consistent in loving me, mm-hmm. and eventually, you know, that fear is what one night, you know, um, drove me to run to the chapel. Mm-hmm. You know, one night I was by myself in the dorm room, and um, the girls were in chapel. It was a Saturday night. And I began to feel extremely afraid and I felt I was in the presence of an evil spirit, like an evil presence. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, some people will say, oh, that's paranoia or you're just imagining things. Well, if you haven't experienced it, you would not know. But the truth is I come across so many people that are oppressed that way here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. From every background, rich, poor, black, white, you know, Mm -hmm. because as I said, we have a real enemy. And, and and the Bible clearly says that you have an enemy that is intent on destroying you and mm-hmm. he will do everything to destroy you, mm-hmm. overtly and covertly. Yes. So um, I didn't know what to do in that moment. And I thought to myself, what do I do? And instinctively, instinctively I felt I needed to run. Mm-hmm. So I jumped from my top bunker, you know, and I get down and begin to run in the <laughs> dark. and. You know, uphill in the dark, fall down, get up, run. I didn't know where I was going. But when I came to a stop, it was right outside that chapel door. And wow. I had no intention of running to that. My feet took me to the chapel. So, and I remember that like the week before, you know, one of the girls had said, telling me, that like, you know, there's something called the Antichrist. And I was like, so she was explaining this to me. Right. I never really read the Bible, but... I thought I can't go in there, you know, uh-huh. um, but I was so afraid. So I decided to kind of sneak in from the back and then people turn around and saw me and they began to whisper. And the first thought that came to my head was, oh, they're thinking I'm the antichrist. Oh, you know. Wow. <laughs> but I sat down and I felt so uncomfortable and I could, there was this war going on inside of me, mm. you know, just leave. You hate these people and they hate you and, so after about five minutes, I stand up and leave, but, but a girl follows me outside and she encourages me to come back and I say no. And then she says, are you afraid? And it was the first time, Marnie, that I was ever telling anyone and admitting to anyone that I was afraid, right? Wow. Because you know when people are afraid or they're hurting, you do your, they do their best to, to hide it. That's true. And so you take on a different persona and you mm-hmm. try to be tough and you try to be mean. Or you shut down because you don't really want people to know that you're broken inside. Mm -hmm. So I admitted to this girl, she said, you need to sleep with your Bible. I'm like, well, that works? She was like, yeah, well, it's God's word and it's powerful and it will protect you. She didn't really tell me to read it. She told me to sleep with it. That's so funny. (laughs) It's the greatest tool of evangelism, right? Yeah. (laughs) Sleep with your Bible. Oh, that's funny. You know what? It kind of gave me hope because, as you know, in the occult, you, they give you charms, you know, to ward off evil and fear. Yeah. And I was like, so maybe that's sense. how it works, right? Yeah. Run back to my room, jump into my bed, grab that Bible, put it on my chest, and I'm willing myself to go to sleep. And a crystal clear thought strikes me that I knew wasn't my thought. Now I know it was the voice of the Lord. Yeah. But I didn't know Him then, and and it asks a question: says, "Johan, are you going to sleep with this book? You don't even know what it says." and uh i was like oh yeah like that makes sense what's so special about the bible you know i didn't know how to read it so i just flipped it open like i just opened it and when it opened it opened psalm 91 which was an incredible psalm for someone that had so much fear Mm. you know it says he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will Abide in the shadow of the Almighty, I will say of the Lord you're my refuge and my fortress. And literally those words leapt off the page. Mm. And I continued to read and I was like, Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Because you see some of my demonic attacks, some of my nightmares manifested in forms of snakes and mm. lions and but Psalm ninety one addresses all that mm. and it addresses the issue of fear and it says, Hey, there is a refuge, and that refuge is God. And I'll tell you that for the first time in my life, I was able to sleep all night long. And um, when I woke up in the morning, when someone shook me awake in the morning, I was like, oh my, I cannot believe it. The Bible was still open on my chest where I'd fallen asleep. Mm. And I thought, okay, it's not like a rocket scientist, but if I just read one passage and I was able to sleep all night, what will happen? to me if i read the whole book
1: i love it and you did sleep with your bible actually it was sleepy you were it was on your chest when you woke
0: up (laughs) so i skipped school for the first day and i read until i could read no more until it was too dark and i went back the second day i went back the third day and at noon i'd read the bible from cover to cover that's how hungry and thirsty i was Mm -hmm. and i'd never read anything so real so vivid so alive and i was convinced that god was in this book Mm -hmm. you know and so i went and i didn't know really how to give my life to to the lord um it's not like i understood everything that i'd read but Mm -hmm. the the, what i read i knew it was real Mm -hmm. what i understood i knew could change me and so i went and i just had a very honest conversation with god you know i knelt down in our chapel and i said god if you will take away my darkness because I lived in darkness I lived in fear Mm -hmm. you know so much fear it was so crippling that it was hard for me to sleep at night I could not be in a room by myself Mm. during the day you know Mm -hmm. that's how paralyzed and crippled I was Mm -hmm. and I was very depressed so depressed Mm -hmm. that I was just a girl that had the permanent frown or scowl you know Mm -hmm. And so I said, if you will take away this darkness, I will serve you for the rest of my life. And uh, I began to cry, I was feeling this warmth, and eventually it settled in my chest and I felt something melt in my chest, like that stone, like that heaviness I'd carried all along. But then that song begins to play from from my father's funeral again in my head. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, so, when the missionaries asked me about what had happened, because a whole school heard of about course what had happened to me. <laughs> you know, I was transformed from this angry, bitter, hateful person to suddenly I could not stop telling people what had happened to me. And I was wow. hugging people that I absolutely hated before. And so they're like, what happened? I said, I found God. They're like, you found Jesus. I "I found God. (laughs) So the missionary, one of them begins to really explain the gospel to me and break it down. Mm -hmm. And and I realized this song always related to Jesus. This was God had been comforting me all through. But can you imagine that some event happens to you when you're six and a half? Mm. And then later at 15 years old... You know, God's silently working behind the scenes, you know, to then bring to you a revelation of who he is and a revelation of his word. Mm -hmm. And then everything fits together and you begin to really understand, oh, my goodness, I know what that song meant. Mm -hmm. It was for me. But in talking about Meet Me in Isaiah, you know, one of my favorite passages in Isaiah, because I came from that place of bondage that place of darkness fear depression is isaiah 43 and i want to read it right now not the whole thing but Mm -hmm. just the first few verses and you have to understand that isaiah was prophesying about israel Mm -hmm. you know but the truth is there are so many um scriptures so many passages in the bible where god uses israel to show us as an example Mm -hmm. right he chose them to be a light in the nations, yes. right? So when, you know, some people just say, oh, you know, that promise is specifically for Israel. Sometimes, yes, but mm-hmm. very many times, no, it is for all of us as you appropriate it and have faith that whatever God did for Israel yes. in rescuing, in saving, in restoring, he can do for us, yes. right? Because that was his original plan that he would choose one man, Abraham, mm make a people out of him Mm
2: -hmm.
0: cause this nation to be a light to the world bring his son through this race and his son through his son jesus Christ, the whole world would have access Mm. to the same covenant to the same relationship to the same blessings Mm -hmm. that israel has with god and that is galatians 3. yes 14. okay so Isaiah 43 says, you know, he who created you, he who formed you says, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine right there. You know, yes, it's talking about Israel, but it's also a foreshadowing Mm -hmm. of what God would do for us through Messiah, that Messiah would come and shed his blood. And call each of us by name to say, I have redeemed you. Mm -hmm. You know, that he would look at me, Jahan, Mm -hmm. you know, raised in the occult, raised in Islam, totally lost, abused, Mm -hmm. confused, depressed. And he says, I know you by name. Mm -hmm. I formed you. You are mine, you know. And he says, so when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze for I am the Lord your God. Mm -hmm. So this is a passage along with Psalm 91 that I have clung to all my life Mm. because it shows us one: we have a personal God. Okay. Yes, he's a collective God, but he's also very personal. He wants to have relationship with each and every one of us. And he is big enough to have relationship with each and everyone and to know us by name. But not only that, that he has power to redeem. Mm -hmm. He has power to restore. That there is no difficulty that we've been through or that we can never go through. Because he's talking about you go through the flood, you know, the, Mm -hmm. the ultimate problem that you think you have mm-hmm. and it says it will not drown you mm. it will not overwhelm you mm. you go through the fire the ultimate hazard it will not consume you because i am greater than your problems i am greater than your afflictions i am greater than those things that you think are so big i can fix anything mm-hmm. and i'm interested you know i have such a personal interest in you And in the outcome of your future that I am going to invest myself to meet you you know yes and so it's been a journey an incredible journey it's been a very hard journey but it's also the journey that's prepared me um, to be able to present the gospel Mm -hmm. because each of us wherever we are God calls us into a living loving relationship with him Mm -hmm. that we know him that we know his friendship that we live in total dependence and reliance on him but that we take the blessings and the lessons that he teaches us Mm -hmm. and we pass them on onto a hurting and a dying world Mm -hmm. that we give them the hope that we have Marnie, more than ever before god has been impressing upon me how that time is short Mm -hmm. And the days are getting dark Mm -hmm. but we have the key Christ has given us a key to unlock people's prison doors to let people know there is hope to let people know there is light in the darkness Mm -hmm. to let them know that this is temporal our bodies are temporal Mm -hmm. much as I believe in healing much as I believe in deliverance and I pray for those things and I pursue those things we have eternity in mind to think of to prepare people for the lord to prepare them for whatever may come you know Mm -hmm. so um it's been a great walk yeah
1: and um, i am so grateful wow i love how you talk about power and personal he is powerful and he is personal yes and he cares And, you know, when I listened to your testimony, I was listening on the Storytellers podcast and then on the I Behold podcast recently, giving both of those a shout out here. Um, What really struck me the most was the power of God's word and how God literally drew you through the power of his word. And you had so many miracles in your life. But his word was was what set you free. Correct. Meeting you yes. in his word. Yes.
0: So, Marnie, I cannot overly emphasize the importance of God's word. Mm-hmm. I would highly encourage every listener to get in the word. Mm-hmm. Do you know, I believe that if we got back to God's word, a lot of mental health issues that we see a lot of hopelessness, a lot of confusion will be eradicated mm-hmm. because God's word is powerful and there is no substitute for it. Yeah. You know, and I think that as Christians sometimes we'll become lazy because we have so many good teachers out there mm-hmm. You know that you sit down and you're going to listen to. But I'll tell you that there is, that is not a substitute right. for you and I you and me just going into the word ourselves Mm -hmm. you know jesus said some very profound things you know as he was about to die Mm
2: -hmm.
0: he told his disciples he said i am going away Mm -hmm. but i'm going to send another person just like me the comforter the holy spirit Mm -hmm. he will teach you and lead you into all truth right Mm -hmm. so when you sit down with your bible because some people will say oh i don't really understand the word i get confused i get bored because you have not asked the holy spirit for help right it is his word he wrote it he's he's a third person of the godhead he is god you know believe it or not jesus is not here the bible clearly says he's seated at the right hand of the father so How do we then relate to him? Through his spirit. The spirit of Jesus Christ is the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So he is, if you invite him, if we will invite him as we open the word and say, speak to me, Mm -hmm. lead me, show me, it becomes alive. And after that, you know, once it becomes alive and you take it in and you obey it, it transforms lives. Yes. You know, and so what happens then when you get in the word is you're having fellowship with the author. Yes. Which you don't necessarily have when you're watching someone on the screen tell you about the word. Okay. You are dropping that component where you would have fellowship with the author of the Bible if you actually take the time to sit with him and say, Lord speak to me. You know, let your word be a mirror you know let me see it and perceive it and understand it and obey it so it's not enough just to read it and not obey it James says if you read it and not obey it you're like a man looking in the mirror and then you go away and you forget what you look like (laughs) but if you read it and you take it in and you observe it and you obey it it transforms you and it transforms those around you because you begin to look at all situations and people around you from his perspective and you begin to see with his perspective hear with his perspective and talk with his perspective and that's what brings transformation to us as individuals to our
1: families and to our culture Mm, absolutely wow Mm -hmm. and you know your your testimony is so different from mine in the fact that I grew up in a Christian home, but then in some ways it's so much the same because I had that I, I had that moment where I realized that God was real for me. Like mm-hmm. I I mean I knew he was real, but like to be able to sit with him in his word and have a conversation with him and have the Bible come alive because so many of us are so immune to it because we've been memorizing scripture since we were two you know or, right. or whatever but um but just to hear you talk about reading it for the first time and you could not stop reading it so much so that you skip class to read it right, right. that is so powerful so amazing i love that thank you
0: and i think marnie just in addition to that is is if we read it and allow it to guide our decisions that's where the victory comes. Yeah. Because I think one of the things as I travel and I speak and I minister is, is I just come across a lot of people who love they'll tell you they love God's word mm-hmm. they read it but yet they're defeated mm-hmm. you know or they're not living in victory. The reality is if when we read it and we embrace it and we walk and we allow we walk in it and we allow it to inform and to guide Mm -hmm. our decisions we will not be defeated we'll not live in defeat father in the name of jesus i want to pray for each and every person that's listening to this podcast would you come alongside them even right now we pray for those that don't know you and for those that want to rededicate their lives to you because they're not where they should be in their walk with you god you said you came to set the captives free you came to bring light in the darkness you came to bring clarity where there's confusion you came to bring freedom, and redemption, salvation, joy, Father, that you came to take care of mourning and grief, oh God, to give us a, a garment of praise, O oh God, instead of ashes. So in the name of Jesus today, we pray, Father, we, we ask you to forgive us, God, where we have lived life on our own terms, where we have sinned against you, where we've ignored you, where we have taken your grace for granted. We want to ask you today to forgive us. You said that you would never turn us away in any circumstance and we should just come to you as we are and so today in jesus name we come to you praying for that man that woman that boy girl god that is listening that is turning their lives over to you right now would you reach and meet them where they are god and embrace them father we welcome you into our hearts right now and we say come lord jesus Be Savior and be Lord over my life. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. I believe that you died on the cross for me and for each and every one of them that are listening. And that your blood is what cleanses them. And that you adopted us as your children. And that we have uh, a life that is filled with richness and meaning. That you come alongside us to help us every day to be victorious to live a life of hope and purpose in the good times and the bad times and that father when all this is done oh god we have a home with you an everlasting home god where there will be no tears oh god no sorrow or sighing so we give you praise father and i pray holy spirit that you come and work in their lives in such a special way that you heal those that are sick that you heal those that are brokenhearted those that are oppressed and depressed father that you come and you cause their darkness oh god to go away thank you that the light shines in their darkness and their darkness has never been able to overcome it i ask for your angels to be released to work on their behalf in jesus name we thank you father amen amen
1: you so much for joining us today. My conversation with Jahan motivated me more than ever to read God's word for myself and to share it with others. Isaiah fifty-five ten 10, and 11 says this, "...the rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry." It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Now that promise is very motivating as well. You can also follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, or email us at info at meetmeandisaiah.com.